Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is December 30th, 2016. Almost there. Two more days left in 2016. And this is going to be something of a 2016 year in review for the Orlando Magic episode. So we'll get right into that in just a moment. My name is Phil Prosman Reich. Of course, I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Like I said, this is going to be the 2016 year in review episode. But we do have a few things to get to first. We'll preview Sunday's game against the Indiana Pacers. The Magic's still off. Uh, and, of course, talk a little bit about trade rumors as we head into the new year. As I know, uh, people ask me about trade rumors all the time. They're like, when are the Magic going to do something? I'll reset and refresh my thoughts on the trade market as it continues to develop uh, as the Magic uh, try to get better and become a better basketball team. Uh, you know, I decided to make this a year in review episode. Of course, we could talk about the defense again. Uh, if, if you want to check out what's going on with the latest with the team now, Go to OrlandoMagicDaily.com. I'm sure I'll discuss it a little bit uh, toward the beginning of next week, depending on how the games go. See where the season takes us as well. Some good stuff up on OrlandoMagicDaily.com. If you don't follow us there already, you can always follow me on Twitter, at OmagicDaily, where I'm always available to answer questions and all that good stuff. But let's dive right into it today. The Orlando Magic have a nice three-day window off, which is very rare uh, in the NBA season. I don't think... Uh, and the Magic have not had too many times when they've had a couple days off. So the Magic practiced on Thursday, taking Friday off. They're going to practice again Saturday before they travel to Indianapolis, play a back-to-back Sunday-Monday with Indiana and New York to start off the new year. Uh, and then they'll have two more home games. And then they're going out west for a, about a week and a half. So that is, you know, we, we, we talked a little bit about it, but not too much. You know, I brought it up with some of the players Uh, I know Brian Schmitz of the Orlando Sentinel wrote a little bit about it as well. This is an important stretch in the Magic schedule, starting with Wednesday's game against Charlotte, which the Magic kind of laid an egg. The Magic are playing a lot of Eastern Conference teams that they are fighting directly with. And before we get into the Indiana Pacers and seeing that it is the beginning of a new month, the Magic finish 8-8 in December, which is nice, but certainly could be better. Uh, The Magic are right in the thick of the Eastern Conference playoff race. Orlando currently at 15 and 19, tied with the Detroit Pistons, 10 and, at 10 and a half games back of first place. Are currently currently two games back of eighth place Chicago at 16 and 16. Magic have played a few more games than everyone else, but Orlando is right in the thick of this playoff race, heading into January, very similar to what they were last year. Of course, last year the Magic were fighting for the fourth seed, uh, heading into heading into the uh, 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 January month and heading into their big road trip in January, as well as the trip to London. Uh, We'll fortunately have to rehash that in just a bit. But having said all of that, Orlando is right there, and they're playing some teams that do matter. Indiana, 
one spot ahead of them at 15 and 18. They'll play the Chicago Bulls on Friday, or 16 and 16, sitting in eighth. Uh, they'll play Atlanta, 16 and 16 as well, right in that final spot in in the Eastern Conference. Uh, New York is currently sixth. They're 16 and 15. So they're right there too. Charlotte beginning to dis- distance themselves a little bit at 19 and 14. But essentially 6 through 12, which is where the Magic are at, are separated by two and a half games. That is a pretty small difference. You go on a 3-4-5 game winning streak, all of a sudden you're back in the play. You're not only in the playoff race, you're probably uh, gaining ground and then pushing to, to get to 5th or 6th in the Eastern Conference. That's just how this whole season is shaking out right now. So Orlando is still very much in it, still very much with a lot of work to do, still very much needing to get these wins. So this is a big week. Indiana, Atlanta, New York, all teams. These are what they would say in soccer are six-pointers. So what are the Magic expecting from the Indiana Pacers? The last time we saw them, the Magic were coming off the emotional win against the Oklahoma City Thunder, a buzzer beater, and just laid an egg, which, as I've said, this team is liable to do. They were more liable to do that earlier in the season. 88-69 final Indiana. We saw what that team did. They were very opportunistic in fast breaks. They did a very good job turning the Magic's misses into opportunities, particularly in the third quarter when they pulled away. Paul George, obviously one of the best players in the league. He makes things very difficult for a lot of teams, but Pacers right now are really struggling. They've lost their last four games. Um, New York, Boston, Chicago, Washington, games like the Magic that you got to win despite good efforts from Paul George. Uh, this is a Pacers team that is really struggling to figure out its identity. They're really struggling to uh, make their mark uh, with this new team. The pieces just do not seem to fit together perfectly. They've lost a lot of the defensive identity that uh, Frank Vogel instilled in them. That's not really what uh, Nate McMillan's strength has ever been, and, and the team's just different in a lot of ways. Uh, when you look at the, the look at the stats, Indiana is currently. I'm looking at the stats for the first first time here. 20th in offensive rating, 102.5, and they're current and they have a 104.7 defensive rating, which is currently 16th. So they're essentially about league average uh, in, in a lot of ways, uh, which you don't expect with the kind of talent that they have in Paul George, Jeff Teague, um, Al Jefferson coming off the bench, Thaddeus Young. This is an interesting team, but not necessarily a good team, or at least a, a consistent team. At this moment, uh, Orlando's got to take care of their business. Obviously, they got to limit turnovers. They got to make shots, which they didn't in the first meeting, uh, and they got to play defense. So the, the, these games are as much about what Orlando's going to do as it is what their opponents are going to do. Uh, it bears mentioning that coming off of Wednesday's loss, Frank Vogel was pretty optimistic. I mean, he said they they watched the tape of the game and especially that third quarter and said, you know. We got the looks that we wanted. We just didn't hit them. Uh, defensively, we contested a lot of shots. They made them. That's just how it goes. You're you're never as good as you think you are when you win. You're never as bad as you think you are when you lose, which is which is what I repeated yesterday. So it seems like the Magic are suggesting that this was kind of a one-off game where things just got a little bit out of hand. We'll see if that's the case Sunday as the Magic take on the Pacers. They got plenty of time to rest up, get ready. Magic are hopeful that Evan Fournier will be back. Uh, he did not practice on Thursday, getting Friday off. Obviously, he said they, uh, Vogel said he might come in and do some work Friday. 
Um, they're hopeful that he'll be back for Sunday's game uh, from the heel injury that's knocked him out the last three outings. So we'll see exactly what the Magic do. Big road trip coming up here. Big road trip coming up next week when they head out west. Um, I think we've all kind of said, especially heading into what we're going to talk about next with the trade market, January is going to make or break this Magic team. Uh, if they can come through January with a 500 record or better, be, still be in the playoff hunt, they'll be buyers at the deadline. They'll be looking to change things up to make sure they get in the playoffs because the Magic are a playoffs or bust team. That's just how they're going to be. Uh, if they falter, if they struggle like they did last January, things could get very, very ugly very, very quickly in the Magic Kingdom. They could make a desperation trade or possibly they could just pack it in for the year and move on to, move on to the next thing almost. So we'll see. We'll see what the Magic do. Um, big month starting, uh, obviously, Sunday, the first of the year against the Indiana Pacers. So we'll see what happens there. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99. And our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. But as I mentioned, uh, one of the big questions that I always get is about the trade deadline. It's it's obviously a huge topic of discussion among NBA fans. Everyone wants to know what's going to happen next, what the big deal is. No league seems to have this ability to make trades and really shape reshape the league in one day, quite like the NBA. It's kind of its own cottage industry at this point to have um, to have trades like this or to have uh, you know big deals like this. And so the Magic will be active at the trade deadline. They made no bones about it that they're going to be active, that they're going to try and make improvements to their roster, and that they're desperate to make the playoffs. And you know, the rumors have been slow to come out, as as I expected. As I always warn people, it's still a little early to be talking about specific players. Uh, it's still a time to figure out your needs, and I think the Magic kind of know their needs. They need to score. They probably, I, I still think they need a traditional power forward uh, to back up Serge Ibaka. Uh, they need uh, scoring, obviously. They need some more shooting if they can find it. Um, but generally, it's about finding your needs, Whittling out, whittling down your targets, and then seeing where you're at. Because again, like I said, Magic are two games out of the playoff race, so they're not out of anything. It's not time to pack it in or tank. Even if it's not time to tank intentionally, if if this team is going to falter, it's going to be and 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 position itself for a draft pick. It's going to be because they've fallen out themselves. They've fallen back themselves. Um, but. It's no time to no time to do that. It's a time to be thinking about what the team needs and how to go about getting it at the deadline. Having said that, there are teams that are plenty active trying to do things. Um, the Magic are going to continue to be connected to Rudy Gay. Uh, Chris Mannix, I think, actually had a report saying he thinks Orlando could be a good landing spot for DeMarcus Cousins. I find that one a little harder to believe. I just don't think the Magic have the pieces to do it um, unless the unless the 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 Kings are really changing what they want to do or or what they're looking for in a deal. I think they're just other teams that have more to offer, um, even though Orlando's a much more desperate team. Rudy Gay has been a name that's been thrown around. Uh, I, I think that one's a little bit more possible, but again, what 
does Orlando have that Sacramento wants? Nikola Vucevic, Serge Ibaka are the two primary targets. Maybe Jeff Green can get it done, but Kings have plenty of size. They might be looking for a Green to replace Gay in the lineup a little bit, but again, Sacramento has plenty of size. I just don't know if the Magic have the assets to do it uh, with them, or even if Gay moves the needle, to be honest. I mean, I think he he's a scorer, obviously, but he doesn't make players around him better. He doesn't uh, help any other players. He just scores himself, and so fitting that into an offense that's already a bit of a struggle is uh, another issue as well. On top of all that, there's now the, there, there's been, there was a report from late November that the Minnesota Timberwolves are looking for some veteran help. They're looking for some veteran big man help. And that seems to be a place where if the Magic were to make a deal, that there could be something there. You trade you trade a Vucevic, you know, maybe even in Ibaka, but let's say you trade Vucevic to Minnesota, that gets them a veteran center, maybe doesn't solve their defensive issues, which is the big problem in Minnesota right now, is their defense is just terrible. Um, but what do the Magic want in return again? That's the big question. Do they want a Ricky Rubio in return? Ricky Rubio, to me, is essentially what Alfred Payton should be or what you want Alfred Payton to one day become. How sincere is the Magic's desire to trade Alfred Payton? There was a report from Brian Windhorst that the Magic are looking to trade Vucevic. That, that's an obvious statement. I mean, as, as much as people like Vucevic or don't like Vucevic, it's just a finance thing. It's a finance thing. He's got a team-friendly contract, getting him about $12, $13 million a year for the next two years. He produces at a double-double level. Uh, right now, he's coming off the bench, just not getting the minutes that the Magic need him to get. Uh, and so, um, the the team is probably looking around at him, or probably looking um, looking around and, and shopping him around because that that's that's the piece that they can afford to get rid of for for better or for worse. Uh, so, is that really what Minnesota wants? You know, what do the Magic want in return? Remember, it always takes two to deal. You got to be getting something you want and giving up something you don't, and the other team's got to be getting something they want and giving up something they don't as well. So it's 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 all it always takes two to tango. That's that's the old, that's the thing you always got to remember with trades. It's not just you know we want this guy. Let's how do we get this done? No, you got to have something they want too. And so you know maybe Minnesota wants Vucevic. Maybe they try and push for Ibaka. Maybe they try and push for Biamba. Who knows? Um, does Alfred Payton give the the, the Timberwolves, what they want. Again, they have Ricky Rubio. They have Chris Dunn, who they want to play. Uh, there's been a lot of rumors about Zach Levine being in the odd man out. I still find those rumors to be a little premature. I, I Unless Minnesota's looking to make a big deal. Like, if, if the to, to get Zach Levine from Minnesota, it's going to take Ibaka. It's going to take Azonia. It's probably going to take one more piece, too, um, to, to get him. I, I, I just don't see it happening. Uh, and I'm still not 100% sure that Minnesota is going to deal Levine to begin with. So it's a lot of, a lot of, there's always a lot of moving pieces uh, with these rumors, with these trade deadlines, but it is good to begin thinking about it. And so, uh, you know, I'll, I'll do my trade value column closer to February. It's still very early to talk about specific names, but it does seem clear that if the Magic are going to make any moves, it's going to cost them at least Vucevic to make any significant moves. $12 million contract. I still anticipate. You know, for all the good and all the bad that he does, it's again finances. The Magic will find someone to to take Jeff Green's salary and kind of do a salary dump on him. Fifteen million dollars, one year deal. T 
team looking to clear up some cap. Green could become a very valuable piece, especially if you throw in Amario Hazonia as a sweetener if Hazonia is not cracking the rotation at all. And again, what the Magic do at the trade deadline is still very dependent on what the team does on the court. If the Magic go out there and win games and get themselves into the playoff picture, they're going to be buyers. They're going to look to improve the team. If the team falls apart and they struggle, they're going to be looking to sell off some of their some of their uh, players that they could lose in free agency, such as Serge Ibaka, such as Jody Meeks, such as C.J. Watson, probably even Nikola Vucevic as well. Uh, they'll be trying to uh, make sure that they uh, they get something in return for those guys uh, because more likely than not, they're going to let them walk in free agency um, as they begin the next phase of their rebuild, what, whatever that phase is. Um, as always, Warren as well, the most important thing when you talk about trades and the Orlando Magic, I think it's very important for them not to tie themselves up financially and take on a lot of bad salary. That's 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 my big worry that the Magic are going to do is they're going to push for the eighth seed, uh, essentially just go for the eighth seed and, and tie themselves to a team that has a very low ceiling. Um, maybe that's enough. Maybe that's exactly what they should do. But um, you want a team that's going to be a perennial playoff team, even if it's a bottom four playoff team, rather than uh, a team that may make the playoffs, may not, but you're kind of stuck with. And, and that's, I guess, my concern. And going after a player like Goran Dragic, um, going after a player like Brandon Knight, um, those teams that, you know, you're going to be stuck, you're going to be kind of stuck with a team that may not have the ceiling that you want them to have um, beyond getting out of the first round or getting to the first round um, in those situations. So that's kind of my summary of the of the trade uh, market right now. Still a long way to go. Got a, mo- got a month and a half before the trade deadline right now. Uh, so a lot's going to happen within the next 40 days or so until until the trade deadline happens. Uh, there'll be plenty of reports. I'm sure the Magic will be plenty active. Um, I, I, I've heard of some talk already from the Magic. Not anything I'm willing to report or share right now, um, but rest assured, there are some big talks going on. There are definitely, there, the Magic are definitely thinking about things, but I think rightly, they are letting things play out and, and trying to see what they have still and, and, and figure out what direction they need to move in. And so we're going to close out the show then. We got all that out of the way. We, we, we look to the future. Now we're going to look to the past. This is the last show of 2016, so I do want to make sure I talk about and we look back and we reflect on the year that was. It was not a very clear year for the Orlando Magic in 2016. It started off with a lot of optimism. The team was 19-13 and 13 in the middle of its 2016 campaign. Right in the thick of the playoff hunt, they were fighting for home court. They were fourth in the Eastern Conference. And things just went south. If, you know, 2016 has been a much maligned year, the Orlando Magic are certainly saying good riddance to 2016 in many, many ways. Everyone knows what happened in January. The Magic were 19-13 and 13 and then went 2-12 and 12 in the month of January. It was a disappointing and frustrating month. It featured a lot of close losses and a team that just could not figure out how to make itself better. This was despite Victor Oladipo playing. This was despite Alfred Payton. This was Alfred Payton was playing hurt a little bit. He had to take some time off to get himself right, as it was clear the Magic were struggling uh, with him playing the way he was playing. Uh, 
They went to London, lost a game in overtime to the Toronto Raptors, a good opportunity to get themselves off the schneid uh, and right the ship, and they just could not do it. Every time it felt like the Magic were about to break through and get a big win, they could not do it. And that slide just continued. And in fact, they didn't get that second win until the last day of the month when they beat the Boston Celtics at home. The slide just continued. The Magic fell out of the playoff race and became desperate. And when you become desperate, if there's a lesson for there's a there's a lesson for the Orlando Magic from 2016, it's when you become desperate, you make bad decisions or you make decisions that aren't necessarily well thought through. And the Orlando Magic giving away Tobias Harris is certainly a bad decision. It was a bad decision then. It was no matter how you tried to justify it. And believe me, you know when I broke down that trade, I called it what it was, and it was their clearing cap. This isn't a move to make the team better. This isn't a move to make the playoffs. You know, maybe it can, but that wasn't the point of this move. The point of this move was to clear cap space and make a play for free agency. And judging, and even then, you could see, well, the cap is about to spike like crazy. Everyone's going to have cap room. Who's going? Who of consequence is going to join the Magic? Frankly, and while that team needed change to to become competitive, and I certainly think the Orlando needed to start taking some risks and catching in some chips this summer, regardless of what happened, the way the way that season went last year. Tobias Harris would have been more valuable as a trade chip now than he was in February. Teams that were looking for cheap young players to, un- unlo- to unload some veterans that could help the Magic would have jumped at Tobias Harris. Instead, Orlando got Brandon Jennings, who was still coming off the Achilles injury, playing his first season after a massive Achilles injury, and he was struggling that year. And Ersan Yasova, who can play, don't get me wrong, good, great offensive player, but never really did anything for me. I mean, when I watched him play, I, I barely thought he was an NBA player. And yeah, he was producing points, but his defense wasn't fantastic. Uh, his three-point shooting, to me, wasn't fantastic. I think the numbers might say otherwise, but... In any case, that was a deal to clear cap room and essentially pack it in for the season. Yeah, they said we're still going for the playoffs, and absolutely they should have, but the team didn't have a chance after trading away Tobias Harris for virtually nothing. Um, And Tobias Harris, of course, has thrived in Detroit. Um, You know, Stanley Gundy's helped him out a lot, but at the same time, uh, Orlando certainly could have used uh, a player like Tobias Harris. And I think, frankly, this Magic team could use a player like Tobias Harris, a guy who can create his own shot, uh, score late in the shot clock, uh, while not taking too much away from his teammates. I think Harris was really underrated last year. I really love the way he played for the Magic last year. Um, I thought he could have asserted himself a little bit more. I was asking him to do a little bit more selfishly because he was just so unselfish last year. But... He filled in gaps for that team and I think made them a better team in the end. But that's neither here nor there. The Magic moved on and finished off their season. A, a strong 35-47, and, 40, and 47, uh, a 10-win improvement, not something to, to overlook. I, I mean, I, I had them winning 35 games at the beginning of the season. Uh, and so I was not upset. I was like, okay, the Magic didn't get where they wanted to go in the playoffs, but I didn't think they had a playoff team anyway. I thought they were still another year away. Um, but 10-1 improvement, that's a good step. Now you take the next step. Now you make the playoffs. Now you figure out how how to make the playoffs. They had 
They knew they had to make some improvements. They knew they had to make some changes, but I didn't think a wholesale change was necessary. Things changed quickly, though, in May. Scott Skiles suddenly resigned, uh, very shockingly resigned. Uh, There were reports that he was done with the team in January, and that was a contributing factor to the 2-12 start. There were reports that he clashed with management over personnel, uh, specifically Alfred Payton. Uh, and Skyle, and then you heard actually kind of the millennial response that Skiles just couldn't connect to younger players and his hard-driving ways just did not work. We all knew the Skiles era would end something like this, like where you know some disappointment and not achieving goals, some stagnation, and he would eventually be uh, uh, cast aside. Didn't expect it all in a year. The, the Skiles effect and the Skiles implosion happened all within one season, and um, you know, I, I was fine. If, if he had not resigned, I would have said, I'm fine bringing him back. He did his job. The team improved. This team hasn't accomplished anything. If they're tuning out the coach, that says more about the players than it did the coach. But that was neither here nor there. And by a happy accident, the Magic hired Frank Vogel, the coach of the Indiana Pacers, who'd done so much and was surprisingly let go by the Pacers. Vogel would bring immediately a defensive mentality Everyone in the NBA recognized him as one of the best coaches in the league, and the Magic lucked, in, lucked into that, and, and, and there was really some hope for Orlando. One of the first big things he did, and you know, I think the jury is still out on this, but the Magic knew they had to start taking a risk. They had to cash in some chips to make their team better, bringing some, bring in some veteran help, uh, and go for it. Go for broke, almost. And so they did that, in, in trading away Victor Oladipo on draft night, for Serge Ibaka. Yes, they gave away a lot. Ersano Yasova, though, was a player they were going to let go anyway. They weren't going to keep him uh, past his guarantee date. Uh, and uh, DeMontis Sabonis, they liked him. I'm sure they liked him. He's a fine player. I, th- I think he'll be a great bench player in this league, too. But the Magic weren't interested in another rookie to develop. They needed someone that would help them now. And so they gave that up, along with Victor Oladipo, a, a player who seemed on the cusp of stardom but could never get over the hump, could never really build that consistency, um, and acquired Serge Ibaka, a player who's proven commodity as a defender, uh, the guy that everyone said the Magic need him next to Nikola Vucevic to protect the rim. So now they had him, and they you know, were able to, to change the franchise in one night. Back now we get to that free agency. Now we get to the free agency part. What were the Magic going to do with all that cap room that they had? Spent a part of it on Evan Fournay, bringing him back. Good decision, of course. But the, the major move they made was signing Bismack Biombo, which confused a lot of people, especially considering they just acquired Serge Ibaka. They had Aaron Gordon, who many people considered a four. Uh, and the team was clearly staking a flag on the defensive side of the floor and going big. Ibaka has the versatility to guard, guard perimeter players. Biombo can do it a little bit in stretches too. So they were still a versatile team. It was a team that, that seemed to fit what, what Frank Vogel did in Indiana and very much in what he said in preparing the team was that they were going to run things very similar to the way he ran things in Indiana for the Indiana Pacers. So how, do the, how did the Magic move forward from there? How did the Magic go and enter this season? It wasn't easy. There's a lot of turnover. They added Jeff Green. They added DJ Augustin along along with Bismack Biombo with that money, with that extra cap room. 
and the team got off to an uneven start. As, as Vogels aptly put it a few weeks ago, first half of the season, Magic couldn't do anything right. Second third of the season, they defended really well but couldn't score. And, and in this final third of the season so far, the Magic have scored really well but can't stop anybody. And so through all these changes, the Magic are as inconsistent as ever. Their future is as uncertain as ever. We don't know what's going to happen. Like, like I just said, the trade deadline is going to drastically change this franchise again. Possibly. It's going to be an opportunity to take the next step or to turn in a certain direction. And 2016 was very much a year of missed opportunity and transition. It's going to be a year that we look back and say, this either succeeded or failed. This was either the turning point towards success or the failure that brought us back to the, back to the beginning of a rebuild. And the returns and the reviews certainly aren't good. You, had a, you, had, you started it off with, with one of the worst months in, in franchise history. You had a coach resign on you. And you had inconsistency. You made a trade that was universally panned. Another trade that we're still getting to the bottom of, but was, I think, an appropriate risk. And again, you end the season 15-19, and 19, asking a lot of questions about what, dire- what direction does this team go next. How do you take this team forward and make it better? And that's what 2017 is going to be all about for the Orlando Magic. I want to thank everyone again for listening to Locked on Magic. Uh, We started the show in June around the draft, so it's been a fun six months on the Locked on Magic podcast. I want to wish everyone a very, very happy new year. Hope everyone got to the end of 2016. It's it's been a little bit of a challenge, uh, you know, unfortunately for a lot of people, but... um, it, it's always fun to, to end a year and get ready for a new one. Uh, you know, obviously, NBA season is the NBA season. That's kind of how I count my years more than anything else. So this, I, I feel like I'm in 2017 already. But the 2016 calendar year has been a tough one for the Magic. Um, but I've, en- I, I've enjoyed every step of the process. Uh, I enjoy talking to you guys. So to end 2016, I want to thank you, the listeners of Locked on Magic, the readers of Orlando Magic Daily, all the Magic fans that I interact with on Twitter, uh, and everyone else that makes being a Magic fan so much fun. Uh, it, this Orlando Magic fans I, are a fantastic community. I love hanging out with you guys every game night. I love talking with you guys every game night. I'm always here to answer your Magic questions. It's not just for mailbags, um, which I'll bring back next week. Um, I'm all about interactivity. I'm all about being somewhat of a voice of the fan, but being uh, someone that fans can talk to directly for some knowledgeable uh, and insightful analysis, and 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 I hope that I don't come, all, I don't always come, I don't come across as snarky or above you all, um, as as you know, there's you know sometimes a tendency to do with the press. If I do, I apologize. Um, but you know, we're all passionate about this team. I want to respect everyone's opinions. It is just sports, after all. Everyone can have a little bit of fun uh, with it. But it's been a fun 2016. Uh, I always, again, I always enjoy it. I always enjoy uh, hanging out with you guys again. And I want to thank you all for your list, for listening and for contributing to the Orlando Magic community. So with that, I'm going to sign off for 2016. 
for Locked On Magic and OrlandoMagicDaily.com. We will see you Monday when it is 2017. Have a very happy new year. And uh, go Magic, I guess. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.